Come Holy Spirit. Kindle in us the fire of your life. Open our hearts and see through them. Open our lips and speak through them and set our souls on fire. Please be seated. It's a major feast day in the church. This is the feast of the presentation of our Lord in the temple. It's the coming of God to God's temple. It's the coming of the life and the love of God into the midst of God's people in the very place where they worship. And there are two senior members of God's people. Anybody relate with that? <laughs> Be a senior member of God's people? There are two members of, of God's people, two people who are there. Simeon, who is waiting for the consolation of God to come, to wait for that gift of God, that Messiah to come, has been waiting for this. And this other senior member of the community, this, this woman, Anna, who's been in that temple praying and fasting day and night for probably over 60 years. Can you relate to that? No? <laughs> well, here's what I think you can relate to. Waiting, waiting, waiting and praying. Is there anybody here who has not been waiting for a prayer to be answered? Some of your prayers that have been answered, but many of them, I guess, for yourself, for those you love, for your church, for your community, for this nation and the world, you're still waiting for those prayers to be answered. Waiting and praying. And we have these two, Simeon and Anna, who have been waiting and praying for a very, very long time. And I find it interesting in the story that of all the people, because the temple's a busy place, of all the people who would be there, it's these two who saw what came in their presence. Two of them out of the multitude. What made them different? What made them different? I think what made them different was they had hope. They remembered the promises of God, so they remained expectant. And it's that hopeful expectancy in prayer and waiting that helped them see God among them. Prayer and waiting. There was a Episcopal church that did something very much out of the norm. St. Swithin's in the swamp decided to have a revival. <laughs> We're kind of not really revival people, are we? Where you do a week-long kind of thing. They brought in an evangelist because, of course, the priest doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> and he had this wonderful week of revival in the church, and all kinds of people from the community came and discovered that, yeah, Episcopalians follow Jesus too. Maybe you should think about doing that sometime. <laughs> Good old-fashioned revival with a good old evangelist. And, and toward the end of the week, the evangelist decided to call people forward for healing prayer. For healing prayer. Now, I know we've got people in this church that have been a long time involved in healing prayer ministry. And we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray. And sometimes we're amazed, right, that a prayer seems to be very quickly answered. You go, wow, that's kind of stunning. Do that again. But other times we know, just like many of you know, we pray for deliverance, we pray for healing, we pray for restoration, and it doesn't seem to come. 
but yet we expect that it will come and we keep praying. So this evangelist had these people lined up and noticed that there was one guy that didn't look like the rest. He was a big, kind of intimidating-looking guy. Looked like a really rough character. And he's watching us. One person would come, they'd pray, and then finally it came to where there's that really rough-looking individual and, and, and said, um, well, sir, what can, what can I pray for? And during this time, the choir is singing and the organist is playing and, and they're carrying all this along and, and the people are praying and holding hands in prayer and blessing and, and, and the guy says to him, I'd like you to pray for my hearing. The evangelist grabs him by the ears <laughs> and starts praying fervently for the healing of his hearing. And after he kind of done that and given his best, he, he kind of goes, well, so how's your hearing now? And the guy says, I don't know. It's not until next Wednesday at Tour House. <laughs> we pray. And sometimes we even understand what we're praying for. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. We do know when we pray that God does something. God always does something. We don't always see it. We don't always know what it is. It's not always the thing that we think we need, but we know that God does something for us. And if we are hopeful, we continue to pray without ceasing. If we're hopeful. If we're hopeful. See, God doesn't operate by the same clock that we use. You know, I... Amazon is terrible. I love Amazon, but it's terrible. Because now I have Amazon Prime, and I expect things to be there in two days. Except that if I order something on Friday, I won't get it till Monday. And now that's too long. Isn't it? It's too long. And, and, I, and I think about how, you know, we have so many things that, that, that make us have our requests satisfied so immediately with, with such short, you know, now when I think I have to wait for something, oh man, that's next week, I, I don't know I'm going to do. Waiting for a whole week for something, right? A whole week. And, and I think about that, and I think about, well, how, how does God see things? And, and, I, and I stop and I realize that, you know, God's watch or clock or calendar it's not like mine. It's not like mine. There was an economist that had the blessing of having a conversation with God one time. And this economist was, was wanting to work on a conversion of God's scale to human scale. right? To kind of match up things about how God experiences things and, and what that is equal to for, for human experience. And, and had a conversation with God and said, well, God, you know, kind of, kind of wondering, could, could you tell me, um, what is a million years to you? A million of our years. What, what is that to you? So I can understand your kind of, you know, your understanding, your experience of things. And, and God said to the economist, well, a, a, a million of year, years is, is, is merely a minute for me. Wow. A million years for us is simply a minute for God. He goes, wow, okay, I'm going to break that down. Well, well, tell me this. Um, how much is a million dollars to you? A million dollars to you. And, and God says, well, you know, a million dollars for, for you humans is, is merely a, a penny to me. 
merely a penny to me. Then the economist had this bright idea. Uh, God, could you, could you give me one of your pennies? <laughs> and God said, sure, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, give me just a minute here. And I think about that, right? That we pray and then we wait. And we think we've waited a long time. But to God, that is no time at all. No time at all. Anna and Simeon have been waiting and praying for a long time. Long time. And I think the thing is, both of them remember something about how God operates. Because they remember the scriptures. Remember Abraham? Remember he was promised a son? Uh, he was promised that son, you will have a son, you and your wife. And Sarah was going, no, that's okay. <laughs> she laughed indeed, right? She laughed, really? At my advanced age? I think at least Abraham was amused by the possibilities. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was 25 years later that they had their son Isaac. Now, our friend here, Doug Stewart, who seems to be the human computer, right? You know, IBM has Watson, we have Doug. <laughs> that 25 years is supposedly something like, and Doug can check them out, it's like 9,125 days. 9,125 days after God has promised you something, it comes true. I think I would have forgotten the promise by then. I would have said, I must have heard incorrectly. Instead of going, yes, God said this, and God is trustworthy and true. It will come true, but not according to my schedule. Not according to my schedule. God makes a promise to Abraham and says that you have children more numerous than the sands of the sea or the stars in the sky. Right? He promises them with, with all these children, and then he tells them they will be held captive. They will be enslaved for 400 years. 400 years. I think about the people that actually experienced that captivity in Egypt. Of them praying for deliverance. Of when the Egyptians decided to slaughter the Israelite children, the prayers of moms and dads, that God would intervene and would save their children from this. 400 years worth of slavery, oppression and abuse and death, and all of that. And they pray. And they pray. And they pray. And they know the promise that was made to their ancestor Abraham. I hope some of them have not forgotten their father Abraham. And that although they are in captivity in Egypt, God has promised them. God has promised them a home. God has promised them prosperity and freedom and a home of their own. And 400 years later, he sends Moses. And Moses leads them out of captivity. 400 years of waiting. And I have difficulty waiting three or four days. Three or four days. Think about it. Think about your prayers. 
and your hopes and your dreams. Think about the things that you've been praying for, but think about the things that perhaps you've given up on. The things that perhaps you've decided, this is just not for me. This is not for me. This is not to be. 400 years of waiting. And then that deliverance comes. Only to then be sent on a 40-year journey. Wandering in the wilderness. Which is somewhere around Andrews. <laughs> if you're from Andrews, I apologize for that. <laughs> you can say it's Hayes, though. Of wandering in the wilderness. Another 40 years. Another 40 years. God seems to take God's time. And I think during all that, God is working on us. Things that we can't imagine that God is preparing us for, individually and as a people. And if you know the story of God, we know that our time and God's time is not the same, but God is always at work. Always at work. The prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah prophesies about this child that is going to be God with us. The Emmanuel. And for Christians, we say that is pointing to the Messiah, to Jesus. That prophecy comes true 700 years later. 700 years after God has promised that, that child, the Emmanuel. 700 years of waiting. See, I think Simeon and Anna, perhaps like a lot of, unlike a lot of other people, Simeon and Anna remembered the promises of God, knew these stories about how God keeps God's promises, but according to God's calendar, and they kept faithful watch, knowing that God has promised and God is true. And so they pray, and they wait. And 700 years after Isaiah had said, this child Emmanuel, God who will be with you, this Messiah, the Anointed One, will come to you suddenly. They're waiting. And there he is. And there he is. It's because they're waiting and they're watching and they're praying with hope. With hope. Hope that is drawn from the stories of the past. Hope that comes from going back into the scriptures and asking the question in dark times, where was God for God's people? Where is God? God is always there. But working according to his plan. Things that we cannot see, things we cannot imagine. But we know it's true because God has done it over and over and over again. <coughs> and so we look at the story of Anna and Simeon and we ask ourselves this day, in our waiting and our praying, are we doing it in hope? <coughs> are we doing it as hopeful people? Knowing that God will answer these prayers for us. And does answer these prayers. <clears throat> but not necessarily in a way that we anticipate. Or in a timetable that we set. But according to some kind of will that God has. That perhaps we don't understand. And if we remember that. And we can be people who wait in hope. And pray in hope. Then perhaps we could be Simeon and Anna to other people. Who have forgotten the hope of the past. 
who've forgotten God shows up when it is the right time for God to show up. Perhaps we can be like Simeon and proclaim the glory of God to listening ears. Perhaps we can be Anna to someone else to remind them of God's love for them. And being that source of hope in waiting in prayer for others, perhaps that will do something to bless our own souls. Amen. Amen.